Howdy and welcome to the 10-week Bible study. This is week two, day one of our study of Joshua. I'm your host, Darren Hibbs, and today we're talking about Joshua 4, 1 through 13. Welcome back to the 10-week Bible study. Again, I'm your host, Darren Hibbs. And before we get started, I want to encourage you to remember to read Joshua 10 times in the next 10 weeks. It really can transform your walk with God and how you encounter him in his word. With that, let's pray before we start today. Lord, would you open our eyes and our ears to hear what your word has to say to us. God, speak to us and fill our hearts with the knowledge of you. We want to know you through your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. With that, let's go ahead and jump into God's word of reading today from the NIV. This is Joshua 4, starting in verse 1. When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose twelve men from among the people, one from each tri tribe, and tell them to take up twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. Now, presumably, this is the same number, or the same twelve guys. The Lord had already told Joshua before they went across, hey, choose 12 people essentially to see this. And then, you know, they're going to be the ones that see firsthand directly in case everyone else is too far away or whatever that it's when the feet hit the water. That's when the water like stops flowing. So I'm guessing that it's the same 12. Maybe it's not. Maybe he chose 12 new people. But again, it doesn't matter. There's 12 of them. And they're going to go take 12 stones. And I'm guessing it's not, we're not talking about little pebbles. We're talking about the biggest stone that each one of these guys can lift up and carry uh, on their shoulder, on their back, and get it out of the river bottom. And the, and the point is not to just find any stone, but one from the, the very bottom of the river channel uh, so that they can take that on to the other other side of the river. All right, let's go back to the scripture, verse four. So Joshua called together the 12 men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you does to take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites, to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. So the Israelites did as Joshua commanded them. They took the 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites, as the Lord had told Joshua, and they carried them over with them to their camp, where they put them down. Joshua set up the 12 stones that had been in the middle of the Jordan at the spot where the priests who had carried the Ark of the Covenant had stood, and they are there to this day. Now, they're not there to this day. They're there to the day when this was written. So a long time ago, but this was also written a long time after the actual events. And so they stood there for a long time, uh, at least some number of decades and possibly centuries. And this is a really important point. This is something that the Lord asks or, or commands the Israelites to do over and over and over again throughout the Old Testament. And it's to remember 
Remember what I did for you. Remember what I did for you. I've encountered a, a number of people throughout the years that um, I think in, in, in well-intentioned, they think we should never look back. We should always be looking forward to what the Lord is going to do for us. And there is, there's even a you know passage in Jeremiah that says, you know, stop remembering what the Lord did for you and you, you're going to forget all of that when you see what he does for you in the future. But, but the implication here and, and, it's just, it's too pervasive in scripture that we need to remember what the Lord has done for us. And, and just all only looking forward is, is, uh, I mean, there can be some benefit to that, right? Always having your eyes set on, on what's coming and not dwelling on the past. There's definitely negatives that can come from dwelling on the past, especially negatives in the past. We need to forget the negatives, Forget those things that would weigh us down and, and burden us. But we definitely need to remember the ways in the past that the Lord has come through for us. Just, just it's, it's so pervasive in Scripture that we need to remember what the Lord has done for us. He commands this so many times. We cannot miss this. And so this pile of stones, right? This is a, a memorial, so it's a remembrance so that you can tell your children, your children's children, that this is the place where the Jordan River was, was stopped up. Now, a lot of people, now there's no you know, way to know this with absolute certainty, but uh, I mean, a lot of people believe this. And so it's very likely that this is also the place where they crossed over. This is also the place where John was baptizing people in the Jordan River. And if you're John the Baptist and you're going to be baptizing people in the Jordan River, what better a place than where the Israelites crossed over? So it makes sense. Now, I don't know that John could have known exactly where it was unless maybe the Lord showed him. But but this is generally speaking where people believe both of these events happened, where they crossed the Jordan and where John was baptizing. And so where Jesus would have come up out of the water and the dove descend on him. It's a very, uh, very, very cool place. Um, it's actually, there's, I haven't been there myself, but I've had friends and so I've got lots of pictures uh, in, in my head of, of this place. And maybe you've been there, but it's, you know, now they've got a baptismal area and it's almost like they've, they've concreted, you know, one side of it to make it easily accessible for people. Very, very beautiful spot. Very beautiful place. If this is in fact the exact same place where the Jordan River crossing Happen. All right, let's move on to verse 10. Now the priests who carried the ark remained standing in the middle of the Jordan until everything the Lord had commanded Joshua was done by the people, just as Moses had, had directed Joshua. The people hurried over, and as soon as all of them had crossed, the ark of the Lord and the priest came to the other side while the people watched. The men of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh crossed over, ready for battle in front of the Israelites as Moses had directed them. About 40,000 armed for battle crossed over before the Lord to the plains of Jericho for war. I'm thinking when I think 40,000, I mean, that's a bunch of people, but 40,000 people armed for battle, ready to take an entire land mass. I mean, in Israel is not just huge, but you know, there's a lot of land to take in a lot of very fortified cities. 40,000 feels tough. 40,000 just, it's like, Lord, couldn't we have, you know, a few hundred thousand more, but with the Lord, it's not about the numbers. 
It's never about the numbers. And even when the Lord, and and we talked a lot about this in week one, even when the Lord is calling us to be strong and courageous, it doesn't mean that our courage and our strength is the thing that's going to win us the battle. It's always the Lord who's going to fight on our behalf and move on our behalf. But there is this aspect of actually stepping forward and, and, and going and doing the thing that is required of us. It's that act of faith. Paul describes faith. He defines faith as the evidence of things hoped for, but not seen. Meaning the faith is not just believing that God is going to do what he said he's going to do. Faith is putting your foot in that water and watching it part. Faith is, as we're going to see, marching around Jericho, doing these weird things that the Lord has asked them to do. Faith is actually doing the thing that says, hey, we actually believe what you're saying. Saying, hey, I believe you, Lord. I have faith that you're going to do what you said you're going to do. I believe you. That's not exactly how the Bible defines faith saying that we believe something, confessing that we believe something. Those can be very important things, but that's not exactly what the the Bible describes faith as. Faith is almost always an activity. It's an action. It's a doing something. Now, the faith can definitely be internalized. And, and I think we, we sometimes maybe use that word interchangeably. And that's fine. We can call faith the belief system that we have. But that's, again, not exactly how the Bible defines or describes faith. And that belief system that we have, those things that we hold dear, those are important. And those can inform the things that we do. But I think the Bible would would, uh, draw a distinction between things that you just believe, that you say you believe, but that you never actually act on. And if you never actually act on it, uh, is it actually faith? I think the Bible would take issue with that. So faith is always something that is acted out. Hope, Paul would describe faith as the evidence of things hoped for. And the hope is that internal set of convictions and beliefs or hope as Paul would describe it, right? It's hope until we act on it. And then once we do something, then it's faith. Now, that is a very, very different way of of looking at this than I think is kind of the common nomenclature, the way that most people in the West think about this. Faith for us is what we believe. It's the things rattling around inside our head and our heart. And then works are the things that we do. And that's also described, James talks about that in his epistle. And so, uh, you can think about these things in a lot of different ways, right? You can call it faith, you can call it works, you can, however you want to define that. But there is, especially when you look at the Old Testament, even the New Testament, there's always this activity. There's the moving forward. And it doesn't mean that we cause these things. Some people get confused about this. That it's like, well, that's, you know, not faith, that's works. If you're trying to do the thing, Right nobody in this story caused the Jordan River to part. The faith activity was not, you know, doing some kind of Jedi like force push against the water. That's not what's going on here. The faith was putting the foot in the water 
in front of all of the people watching, not knowing what, you know, what happens if we step in the water and nothing happens, right? Or what if, what if when they stepped in the water, it took minutes or hours for the water to completely recede and they're standing there? What if that's how this played out? Right? And they're there standing on the faith, literally standing on the faith. They've having put their toes in the water that this is going to happen the way that Joshua told them the Lord said it was going to happen. And it did. It did. The act of faith was the stepping into the water. Again, they didn't make it happen. The Lord made it happen. And as we're going to see, marching around Jericho, the act of faith is actually the doing the kind of crazy thing that the Lord asked for. Nobody made the walls of Jericho fall. Nobody did any of that. And so when the Lord calls us to be strong and courageous, as we talked about all last week in, in, in week one, in the first three chapters of Joshua, what we're talking about is having that conviction. And then no matter what, no matter the obstacles, continue to move forward, continue to step one foot after the other in faith, following along with what the Lord has called us to do. For the 10-Week Bible Study, I'm your host, Darren Hibbs, and I can't wait to see you next time. Hey, thanks for tuning into the 10-Week Bible Study Podcast. If you've enjoyed this podcast, would you consider leaving a review for it on your podcast app of choice? It really helps other people find out about this podcast, and my heart is for people to fall in love with God's Word. Thank you.